So my name is Dan Baker. I'm the children's pastor here at Great Oaks Community Church. We are in the middle of a series called My Passion. My Passion. So today I get to spend a few minutes teaching you from God's Word something that reveals my passion. And since I'm a children's pastor, you probably can take a pretty good guess as to what one of my greatest passions might be. And if you were to guess teaching kids about Jesus Christ, you would be correct. So this morning in a few minutes, I'm going to talk more specifically about what that looks like. Before I do, I want to show you something I have up here on stage with me. This is a giant sticker ball. It has been growing back in Upstreet for about seven, maybe, maybe like eight years now. I'm not quite sure. But it is made up entirely of name tags from kids who have gone back to our kindergarten through fifth grade ministry over the past many years. All right? Not the nursery, not preschool. This is just kids kindergarten through fifth grade. I started this ball back then, whatever it was, seven, eight years ago, because I didn't want my kids and I didn't want your kids going home wearing their name tags because this is what would happen. And some of you already know. Because our kids are going to take off their shirt or whatever and put it in the dirty clothes basket, hopefully in the dirty clothes basket, but that name tag is going to be on there. And it's going to go through the washing machine, and it's going to go through the dryer, and that is no fun. Because then I get to spend the next however much time picking out little pieces of paper out of everyone's laundry. But, okay, all right, so I thought, well, let's have a place for the kids to put their, their, their stickers. But this ball has begun to represent a lot more than just clean laundry, all right? <laughs> this ball made up with all these name tags, and I don't know how many. I can't even really guess. But as I look at each one of these stickers, I think about how that sticker represents a child who has set back in our upstreet ministry, learning about the truth of God's word and the message of Jesus Christ. And I consider myself blessed and Kidstown blessed to have God bring children back to Kidstown so that we can teach them about his great love for them. This ball, this ball though, also, it also reminds me of something else. That we send our kids home after Sunday and they spend the rest of the week with their families and with their parents, with their grandparents, whatever the situation might be. And as Christian parents, or for those of us who are training up a child for whatever the relationship might be, we are given a huge responsibility. It's also a great privilege. As the spiritual leaders of those children, to lay a strong foundation so that those children can grow up and live a God-honoring life. It's a huge job, but it's a great God-given privilege. So this morning, I'm going to talk to you some about that job, that privilege that we have 
And as we consider what a God-honoring life looks like, that is a big topic, right? And the foundation that helps a child grow into adulthood is made up of a lot of different truths that help make that God-honoring life possible. So this morning, what I'm going to give to you is not an exhaustive list. But these three truths that I'm going to show you from God's Word today have got to be in that foundation. Without these three truths in that foundation, it will not be strong. It will not be strong. Now, some of you here are not parents. And some of you here have kids who have already grown up and you left the house. Great. All right. Hey, this message is also for you. Because this foundation is not just for children to stand on. This is a lifelong foundation. Here's the difference, though. You will need to teach yourself these truths, okay? But if you're a parent here today, you have the responsibility of teaching your children these truths. Uh, All right, so our passage this morning is going to be out of Philippians chapter 1. Philippians chapter 1. I first really started like learning about and getting excited and passionate about these verses about four, maybe five years ago when I started the child dedication class here at Great Oaks Community Church. Um, I challenged those parents back then. I said, memorize these verses and don't just memorize them. Don't just memorize them. Begin to pray them. Pray them over your children throughout their whole life and start today and begin praying this. Because these verses we're going to look at this morning, they, they have truth in it that kids and adults need to know if we are going to live a God-honoring life. All right, so this is out of Philippians chapter 1. Before we read it, just a little bit of background here. Paul is writing this letter, all right? This is, this is the letter to the church at Philippi. He is writing this to say thank you for a gift, for a financial gift that the Christians of Philippi sent to Paul. All right, so this is a thank you letter. At the time that he wrote this, he was actually under house arrest in Rome, which meant that he was probably renting his own house, but he could not leave it. He was not free to leave, but he could have guests come into his house. And these guests he could talk to about Jesus Christ, but he had to stay there in that house 24 hours a day. And uh, uh, so as he was there, he'd have time, right? Because he's in his house. And so, so what he would do like, is to write various letters to churches. And this is one of those letters. And it's obvious as we read these verses that God or that Paul has a great love for, the, for these Christians that he's writing to in Philippi. They also have a great love for him. This is, a, this is a close friendship, all right? Keep these things in mind now as we start in Philippians chapter 1. Philippians chapter 1, we're going to read through verse 11. Paul and Timothy, servants of Christ Jesus, to all the saints in Christ Jesus at Philippi, together with the overseers and deacons, grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God every time I remember you. In all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now, being confident of this, 
that, who, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. It is right for me to feel this way about all of you, since I have you in my heart. For whether I am in chains or defending and confirming the gospel, all of you share in God's grace with me. God can testify how I long for all of you with the affection of Christ Jesus. And this is my prayer, that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight, so that you may be able to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless until the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. Now, we're going to spend the rest of our morning in those last three verses, all right? In just a moment, I'm going to read them again. But before I read them again, I want you to do this. I want you to imagine a parent praying these verses over their child. Okay, so when Paul wrote these, these words, and when he prayed this prayer, he didn't pray them just for children. He prayed them over the entire church of, at Philippi. But as Christian parents, we can certainly take these verses and apply them to our children. So now I'm going to read it again. Think of it that way. And this is my prayer, that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight, so that you may be able to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless until the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. Wow. What parent wouldn't want, what parent wouldn't want their children to live out this prayer? Picture a life that started out young, grew into adulthood, and lived out this prayer. What would that life look like? That would be a beautiful, God-honoring life. That is my desire for my children. I hope that's your desire for your children. This morning as we go through these verses, I'm going to show you three truths. I'm going to call them creation truths because they reveal to us certain ways that God made us. And it's important for us to know these ways that God made us in order for us to have this foundation, a strong foundation so that our children can live God-honoring lives early in life, but throughout their whole life. The first creation truth we're going to see as we start in verse 9 and 10. It says, and this is my prayer, that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight, so that you may be able to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless until the day of Christ. Go back to verse 10, so that you may be able to discern what is best. Creation truth number one. God created people with the ability to discern. He created us with the ability to discern. This is what that means. You and I are able to go into a situation to to observe something and to say, this is right, this is wrong. This is good. This is evil. This is godly. This is ungodly. God 
gave us, he created us with the ability to discern. He did not make us robots, right? He did not pre-program us so that we behave a certain way in a certain environment. He gave us the ability to discern. However, we need a standard. We have to have a standard by which to discern. Something that shows us the truth. What is right? What is wrong? Because if I was to make a list of things that are right and wrong, and if I had you make a list of things that are right and wrong, I can guarantee you they aren't going to agree on every item. They just aren't. So we need a God-given standard. What might that standard be? What did God give us as that standard? It is right here. This is it. This is our standard. This is our guide. This is how we discern what is godly, what is ungodly, what is good, what is evil. It is right here. This is the ultimate, perfect word of God that is full of God's wisdom and truth. He has given this to us so that we can discern right from wrong. Back in 1982, there was a Uh, crisis in this country that gripped the attention of the entire country. I was 12 years old at the time. I still remember it very clearly. It happened up in Chicagoland. Over that span of about four or five days, there were seven people who died. Suddenly, they died suddenly. No pre-existing causes. They just died. So the investigators started looking into it. This is what they found. They found that all seven people, and the youngest was 12 years old, all had taken extra strength Tylenol right before they died. And the investigators obviously thought, well, that is way too much of a coincidence. And so they looked into it more deeply. And they found out that someone in Chicagoland was going into convenience stores, buying boxes of extra strength Tylenol, taking them home, carefully opening the box, taking out the bottle, taking out the capsules, emptying the capsules from the medicine, replacing the medicine with cyanide, carefully putting the capsules back together putting the capsules back in the bottle, back in the box, gluing the box back together. And then this person would return it to the convenience store. Then that Tylenol got put on the shelves. Someone else would come in, buy that Tylenol, take it home. And when they needed the medicine, they'd take the medicine, end up poisoning themselves and dying. That's very sad. And the whole time, These innocent victims thought they were taking something pure, something good, something beneficial, but it was poison. Friends, listen to me now. The devil is a master at taking something and making it look good. It looks good. It feels good. It sounds good. And all the while, he fills it with spiritual poison. 
and it creates pain. It creates struggle. Death, even spiritual death, suffering. But it feels so good. It seems so good. It looks so good on the outside. And how are we to know? How are we to know? Friends, God loves us way too much to create us and put us here on planet Earth and just let us wander around playing, playing Russian roulette with our spirit. He won't do that. He loves us too much. So he created us with the ability to discern. And then he gave us the standard by which to do it. And it's right here. Parents, it is critical. It is vital. If your child is going to live a God-honoring life, you have got to open up this book. You have got to read it to them. Let them read it to you. Talk about it together. Have family, quiet times. However you want it to look, have this book as part of your life with your children. It is critical. Parents, I know what some of you are thinking right now. You're thinking, Dan, that sounds good. But I'm terrified. I'm afraid I can't do it because I know if I do, my children are going to ask me questions about the Bible and about God. I can't answer. Let me put that fear to rest right now. All right? I can guarantee you 100% that is absolutely going to happen. <laughs> no doubt about it. It's going to happen. It happens to me back in Kidstown. And I have learned a phrase. I have learned a phrase I'm going to share with you this morning. And I'm going to share that phrase with you. It's going to transform your conversations with your children. It goes like this. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Just last Wednesday, my daughter Kayla came into my bedroom. She had her iPod and she was reading the Bible app. And she comes up to me and she says, Dad, I'm sitting here reading the Bible app. I, I got a question for you. And I thought... Bring it on. Bring it on. <laughs> this is what I do. So she showed me all the Gospels where she was reading about Jesus Christ. And she got to this one passage, and she, and, she, and she asked me her question. I said, Kayla, that's a great question. I mean, that's a good question. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I said, Kayla, this is what I think. All right. This is what I think. I'm not 100% sure, but I'm going to tell you what I think. And Kayla and I had a great discussion for a few minutes about the Bible and about Jesus Christ. It was a wonderful time. All right? We aren't going to know all the answers, either because, A, God hasn't revealed the answers to us, and kids have a way of asking questions that God hasn't revealed to us, and that's fine. <laughs> or it's in the Bible, and we haven't learned it yet, and that's fine, too. But parents, some of you may think, too, you may think, I don't know where to start. I just don't know where to start. I, I have no idea how to do this. I have a resource here, up here with me. This is a Bible story book. It is not a Bible, okay? I'm very careful about with these kids. This is not a Bible. This is a Bible story book. There's a difference, all right? But this is a big picture interactive Bible story book. It's a long name. But I'll tell you, this is a good resource. This book right here goes right along with the curriculum that we teach the kids. Sunday morning back in Upstreet and in Highway 45. It starts out in Genesis. It works its way through Revelation. And the passages in here are very close to the actual scripture. All right? This is a good resource. 
If you're looking for a way uh, to get started, you don't know how to do it, start with a Bible story book. But it is important that you also open up God's Word. Don't let this be it, okay? But, but this is a great place to start, all right? Some of you are thinking, Dan, I don't know much about the Bible. I need to know the Bible. Well, I got a resource for you here too this morning. This is 30 days to understanding the Bible. This is by far, in my opinion, the most, the most accurate, easy to read, um, I guess I call it manageable, right, resource that I know of to help you understand the structure of how the Bible is put together. I think it's fantastic. I told the first service group about this also, and they bought all the books already. <laughs> all right, so we have them out at the Welcome Center next week. All right, <laughs> 10 bucks a piece. That's cheaper than what you could buy them in the store, all right? That's a deal. And uh, that's the place to start, all right? Parents, again, it is vital. If you're going to lay a strong foundation for your children, God's word has got to be opened. Let them see you read the Bible even without them. Children naturally tend to value oftentimes what their parents value. And if they see you reading God's word, that's going to make a life-changing difference. Let's go on to creation point or creation truth number two. Verse 10. So that you may be able to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless until the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ. That phrase, filled with the fruit of righteousness, that's an interesting phrase. We're going to talk about that for just a couple minutes. All right, so for the next few moments, we're going to have a small abbreviated theology class. I think this stuff's exciting. All right, so I want you to put your theology cap on for just a moment. When a parent or when a person comes to God in prayer, out of humility, and they come to God, and they say, God, I, I am a sinner. I have sinned against myself. I have sinned against others. But most importantly, I have sinned against you. God, forgive me of my sins in the name of Jesus Christ. God grants that person salvation. He gives them salvation. And he looks at that person and he sees their heart and he hears their prayer and he says, not guilty. Not guilty. You are no longer guilty of your sin. You are innocent before God. At that point, that barrier of sin between a person and God is removed. God brings that person into fellowship. God places his Holy Spirit in that person. That person now begins the lifelong journey of experiencing God's Spirit, displaying God's attributes, his character throughout their life. That process, when that person's becoming more and more like God through the filling of the Holy Spirit, that's called sanctification. At that point in time, when God brings that person into fellowship, and places his Holy Spirit in that person. God declares that person, 
God declares that person righteous. God is saying you now fulfill the moral and spiritual requirements that I have for anybody if they are going to approach the holy God. You meet that standard that I have in my law, and you meet it through Jesus Christ. So when Paul says those words, the filled with the fruit of righteousness, he's talking about the natural outflow of the Holy Spirit working through a person so, so that that person can experience fruit. Fruit, I believe, probably includes Paul's description of the fruit of the Spirit, which is in Galatians chapter 5. Love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, kindness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. I believe he's probably talking about those fruit, but, my, but not just that fruit. Fruit can also be bringing people into the family of God to experience salvation so that they can experience God's salvation. The fruit might also be victory over sin. The fruit can be manifested in a lot of ways, but it all comes through the Holy Spirit's presence in a person's life. And it will begin to work out as that person grows in their walk with Christ, the fruit will begin to appear. And it is all through Jesus Christ. All through Jesus Christ. Salvation through Jesus Christ. Justification through Jesus Christ. Sanctification through Jesus Christ. The fact that we are here this morning worshiping a living God as a church body together through Jesus Christ. The fact that we get to look forward to eternity and worshiping our Savior forever through Jesus Christ. The love that we have as a body of Christ through Jesus Christ. It all goes back to Jesus Christ. Parents, your kids need to hear you mention and teach Jesus Christ. When the world says the word God, I know who God is. I don't know what they mean anymore. I'm frankly kind of confused. But when they say Jesus Christ, I know who they're talking about. I know they're talking about the one and only Son of God who died on the cross for the sins of the world. And your children need to hear you teach on Jesus Christ. As you have conversations with your children, spiritual conversations, do what you can to bring it back to Jesus Christ. Our existence, our worship, our salvation is only through Jesus Christ. Creation truth number two. God created us to experience his blessings through Jesus Christ. Let's go on to creation truth number three. Verse 11. Filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. To the glory and praise of God. Everything we've learned this morning so far is building towards that phrase. To the glory and praise of God. God's created us with the ability to discern based on his word for the glory and praise of God. God places his spirit in us so that we can bear fruit for the glory and praise of God. He's created us for the glory and praise of God. He has saved us for the glory and praise of God. It is all for his glory. He creates us, gives us life and salvation so that he will be glorified. That's our purpose in this world, to bring glory to our Father. 
And now, as you live life, and as, as, and as you make good choices based on God's word, and as the fruit begin to be shown through you, you will have opportunities. People will come to you, and they will make comments about something in your life that you know God has done. That's your opportunity. That's your opportunity to say, praise God. Glory goes to God. Now, that looks different in different ways, however you, whatever the situation is, right? Give the glory to God. Let me illustrate it to you this way. Say that we were looking at a beautiful painting, all right? We got the Mona Lisa. Here's the Mona Lisa, all right? It would be ridiculous for us to look at this painting of the Mona Lisa and say, wow, she really did a nice job painting herself. She really gives herself such a, I mean, she looks so alive. I mean, she used the color so nicely as she painted herself. No, that's ridiculous. When we look at the Mona Lisa, we think, wow, that Leonardo da Vinci guy, that guy can really paint, right? Friends, as people see your life and they see the decisions you make based on God's word, and they see the fruit you are having through your relationship with God, you will be a testimony to his power. We see a painting, and the Mona Lisa, the Mona Lisa is a testament to the painter's ability. Our lives transformed through the power of God is a testament to him. So that we can give glory and praise and honor to him. When those situations come up, send the praise. If if someone's praising you, say, no, 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 no. Praise, praise God. Right? Three truths, three creation truths this morning. Creation truth number one. God created us with the ability to discern and the standard by which to do it. Creation truth number two. God created us to experience his blessings through Jesus Christ. Creation truth number three. God created us to give him glory and praise. Friends, how strong is your foundation? How strong is the foundation you are giving to your children? We have a God-given responsibility to lay a foundation for our children so that they can grow up and live God-honoring lives. Now, hear me now. Your child is going to have to decide if they will stand on that foundation. We can't decide for them. This is not some kind of magic formula to make sure your kids follow God. That's between that child and God. This is our God-given responsibility as Christian parents to lay that foundation so that if they decide that they are going to live a God-honoring life, the foundation is there. They can stand on that strong foundation. There are certainly other truths that need to be included in that foundation, but it will not be strong without these three truths. It can't be strong. My desire for my children is that they will live God-honoring lives. 
My desire for your children is that they will live God-honoring lives. My desire for Great Oaks Community Church, no matter what age you are, is that we as the body of Christ will live God-honoring lives. How strong is your foundation? Join me in prayer. Dear Father, we thank you so much for the privilege that we have to come to you, the true living holy God, saved by grace through the Son, your Son, Jesus Christ. God, I pray that each person here in this room will have the foundations that we have talked about this morning in their life. Many more truths need to be included, but God, may these truths be part of that foundation. God, I pray that you cause us to be discerning individuals based upon the Word of God. God, I pray that we will bear the fruit of a presence of you in our life. God, I pray that we give honor and glory and praise to you, the living, true God. God, we thank you so much for your love for us. Undeserved, we don't deserve it, but you give it to us. We thank you for loving us first. God, we do love you. God, I pray that each life here in this building will go out from here and shine brightly for the cause of Jesus Christ. We love you so much. In Jesus' name, amen.